0: So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. Hello and welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I have Erica Rosserman, who is your financial therapist, and she combines her knowledge of finance from her studies at the University of Florida with her passion for helping others to create a place where it is safe to talk about the natural link between emotions and money. Erica studied at Kansas State University Financial Therapy. Ooh, I love that. So welcome, Erica. How are you this evening? Oh,
1: I am great. I am so excited to be here with you yes. and talk money, yes. and really not just money, because we're not going to talk dollars and cents. No. We're going to talk about all the other senses, Yes, because money is so emotional, and um, and that's where I got into financial therapy. It's the emotional, the, the mental piece, the mental health around money
0: and how it I impacts you. Yes, yeah. yes. I always ask my guests because I think it's important for moms to have resources. And I love to read. I know we talked about this before we jumped on. So I always like to ask my guest a favorite book or one that you think you could do two it could be fiction, nonfiction or just one that you think a mother or whoever's listening to the podcast can get something out of it or something that has had an impact on you. Woo,
1: I'm I, a, I'm a reader also, <laughs> so there's so many books. I'm going to stay on the money genre. Okay. So The Psychology of Money is a really great book. Um, I actually recently just did a study group on that oh, book. Okay. And it was interesting, and, you know, talking about knowing the difference between rich and wealthy. Mm. So I'll ask you that question. Mm. You know, we'll give a little snip of the book. Sure. Uh, what's the difference between... Rich and wealthy. To me. Mm-hmm. Ooh.
0: I I think rich when I think of rich, I think of just someone who has like a lot of money. I when I think of wealth, I think of like I just automatically think of like, I'm rich, my kids are rich, my kids kids are rich, like like we have like wealth where there's almost like a legacy tied to it. That's my interpretation. When I think of rich, like someone just has like a lot of money, but you're not necessarily wealthy enough to like Leave a legacy for your kids, kids, kids. Okay. So that's, that's a good one yeah. from
1: the book, Psychology of Money. The, the difference between rich and wealthy. Rich is seen. So similar mm. to what you were talking about. Rich is that fancy car, the big yes. house, the private school. You know school they have money. That's rich. Wealth is done in secret. Ooh. So wealth is what's happening behind. I just got the chills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you don't see wealth is building. So you have money for generations and generations and college paid for and, you know, investment properties or whatever. Wow! Because wealth is done in secret. Rich is that flashy that what's shown to everybody. Isn't that great?
0: Yes. And that's from the book. That was from the book. Yes. And so like for me,
1: I was like, ooh, yeah, that one hit me. I was like, I like that one because it's so
0: true. And I want to flip. So what did you take from it? Considering you've had your own studies of I mean, you're a financial therapist and you didn't just become one. So since you recently had that book, like what did you take from it that you learned knew that maybe you look at money differently or did you look at money differently after reading this book?
1: No, I won't say I looked at money differently. I'm always a seeker of knowledge. So I'm Mm. constantly consuming books, podcasts, articles, discussion groups on this topic. But that one really hit home because it's a talking point that I can use with everybody. Sure, Because people are like, yeah, or like, I want to be rich. Okay, so what does rich look like? Or do you really want to be wealthy? Mm. And let's talk about the difference. And so that's kind of been an intro now recently into most people want wealth. They want the, the security that yes. wealth brings. Yes, yeah. But in the meantime, they still want the nice
0: handbag sure. and the cute shoes, and that's rich. So how do you get rich and wealthy? Ooh, yeah, or how do you maybe, yeah, exactly, or that rich mentality, but to have the wealth mindset of being like, let's be strategic to build the wealth. Yeah, like I'm sure there's so much. Yeah, see, that's
1: why I'm like, oh, I like, I love love that little snippet from that book because that really got my brain thinking and my clients that I meet with when we start the conversation. And that's another thing is just starting the conversation around money. And I couldn't find a book out there. So I ended up creating a deck of cards called Mm. Let's Talk About uh, Finances. Okay. And basically what it does is it starts asking some of those questions that we don't even know what to ask because- If I didn't just say what's the difference between rich and wealthy, we wouldn't have that conversation, right? So it's asking questions like, what does the word money mean to you? Mm
0: -hmm. Let's answer that. What does the word money mean to you? It's so funny because um, I had a summit recently and money came up of the mindset of it. It just was part of the like owning our worth. And a lot of times we are tied to money. Like money is tied to worth. If we have it, we're good, feeling good. If we're not, right? So the worthiness of it and I wasn't asked this, but I I remember thinking about it of like, what is my relationship to money? And I think for a long time, I had like that scarcity mindset of growing up. I think maybe a lot of us did. You know, my father was self-employed. Now being a business owner, I see he had more of that self-employed, but like hide your money in the mattress, deposit every dollar, so scared to lose it. So for a long time, my relationship was like, you save it, you save it, you save it. You pay off your house. and like, that's it. (laughs) And you save for a rainy day. Like there was no like, well, let's invest and maybe multiply more or the wealth mindset. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was almost like, I think my relationship has just been like, you save it to not lose it. Okay. But let's back up. When I said the definition, what's your,
1: which of money, what what, what does the word money mean to you? And don't overthink it. Sure, sure. And, And to your listeners, Ask yourself that question. I'm asking you. What does what the word money mean to you? I
0: don't know. It's just something to have to spend to get ah. the things that I want. Okay. Yeah. It's a tool to get what you want. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So for everybody it has a different word. Yeah. For some people,
1: it's freedom. It's choices. Mm. For other people, it's a scorecard. That was one of the most honest
0: answers I got, right? Yeah. And that was from an investment In a scorecard of like meaning like – how they rate,
1: how they measure up against their friends because Mm -hmm. he was a trader. Right. And so for him, it was like, how am I doing? How are you doing? Like you said, you came from a scarcity mindset. So as we're talking motherhood village, we're in a community here. You got either a romantic partner, a Mm co-parent, your parents involved. Every single person has a different word of what money means to them. Yes. And so now all of a sudden, when you start having conversations of, you pay for diapers this month, or I need help paying for dance lessons. Mm -hmm. You know, people have a different mindset sure, because the worth of money means something different to them. Yes, And so understanding the people around you, how they feel about money, do they like to give, do they not like to give, Mm -hmm. why is gonna help so many future conversations and help you build less resentment towards that person because there are no two people with the same exact outlook on money.
0: For sure, which is why they say like, I mean, I mean, that could be a whole nother podcast of like relationship with money to your point, especially if you are in a co-parenting or in a relationship. I think they said like money is the number one fear of like people don't talk about. Oh, yeah. There was a show on Netflix. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't I don't know the name. So I'm not even going to attempt to remember. But he goes around helping people like basically have a better relationship with money. And this one guy. Like his partner didn't even know, like he was in so much debt, didn't even know how much money and they were getting married and they had been together for like years. And his biggest fear was that his partner was going to find out what he's really worth. This like all like all this stuff. And I was like, oh, this is deep. like This is big. I
1: was just watching um, Love is Blind. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Give me a good reality TV show. And there was a couple on there that broke up before the getting married because she found out about his credit card, his credit score. And so... Oh, God, what was the credit score? Like, how bad was... They didn't disclose that. But, like, literally, she was like, why did you wait the whole month Mm -hmm. or whatever it was to tell me? So let's play a little trivia. I love questions, by the way. Okay. (laughs) On average, how many months does it take for somebody to say, I love you, in a romantic relationship? Ooh, I would say anywhere from six months to a year. Okay. Okay, back to your listeners. How many many months did it take you, (laughs) right? Let's put, put a note in there. On average, it's five months. Okay, Okay. yeah. On average, how long does it take to disclose your salary, your debt, your credit score with your person who you say you love after five
0: months? I would probably say like one to two years, like when you're probably or if almost never, like there's almost like a taboo of like it's there, but we're not. I don't know. What is it? I don't know. What is like a year, two years? Tell me. Yeah. Right. It no, it's not. It's oh. actually nine months. Okay. But
1: when I ask this question, it goes to never. Yeah. I'll never – and these are from married people, right? Sure. Never, we keep our finances separate, to mm-hmm. the first week because, you know, it was a remarriage and it was so important to me. But on average, it's nine months. Okay. So here's the interesting thing. If we're taking all these averages, sure. five months, you fall in love with this person. Mm-hmm. They're so cute and loving and, like, oh, meet all my needs. And then nine months later, four months, right, after sure. this I love you epiphany – is you find out they have
0: $100,000 of credit card debt. I know. That's such a dishonesty too. Like, Cause my husband and I were talking about that. I'm like, hey, what would you have done if like I came in <laughs> with like a hundred? Like, and, and I think that was one of the things that came up in the show. And he was like, oh, he's like, I don't know. Cause my husband's mindset coming into the relationship was completely different. I came scarcity mindset. He was like, no, I want to retire at this. Like had a game plan. I'm set to retire at this age. I want to travel. I have a certain life. And I was like, whoa, slow down. And pay off, pro- like he had a whole different kind of opened my eyes to it. So he was like, oh, yeah, no, we probably, he's like, oh. he's like, if you would have came in with all this debt and like didn't tell me, it's right. like, yeah, it would have been a whole different situation. I'm like, no, I get it. You almost feel deceived. But to the same point, we haven't. So in becoming a financial therapist, and there's so many questions I want to ask because I almost am intrigued of like, I do want to ask. I do. Let's, let's start from the beginning. How did you get into this in a high level way? that gave you the inspiration because money is such a taboo topic. What made you say, yeah, now I want to inspire people and talk about money. What was that journey like? Mm -hmm. Let's start there because then I have a follow-up question to say, and how can couples, relationships, this is a motherhood podcast, particularly women. I think women have a different set as well when we talk about Asking for raises, and we're always like, oh, like, I know that's a whole thing. So, we could spend hours together. I know. There's but, so yes, much yes, but to But let's start from, like, yes. where did that come from? Because I think that's a good starting point of, like, what what was the aha moment for you to say, I want to do this, and I want to help people have better relationship with money?
1: I had the most beautiful aha moment. But Definitely. my life was a journey, just mm-hmm. like everybody who's sure. listening. Right? There's no straight line in life. Again, nobody experiences the straight yeah. line. So for me, I grew up, and, you know, for us, my dad and I were very close. And we talked about money. In fact, I started trading stocks when I was twelve. Oh, that's so cool! <laughs> yeah, and I'd come home, and you'd be on the you know the family computer that sat like in the middle of the the family oh, yes. room back in the day before laptops. I'm dating myself, right? <laughs> and with the AOL, AOL account yes. that, <laughs> and, like you log in, and I'd just sit and we talk, and you know I start learning about stocks, and it was just something I was interested in. I was good in math, so my progression was: I went to University of Florida, sure. Joe Gators, and yes. I got a degree in finance, and went to go work for IBM. I spent the next decade in corporate America mm-hmm. and working in consulting and doing various roles and positions. And I realized I like people more than numbers. Yeah. Sorry, I should back up. When I was working for IBM, I met my future ex-husband. So I I, I got married. Mm-hmm. Actually, again, I have to back up. Here we go. So <laughs> after it was a very busy time when I started working yes, in, yes. for IBM. And then we moved to – I met, uh, like I said, my sure. future ex. We moved to North – Carolina, then we moved to New York City, okay. and we rented an apartment we just couldn't afford, mm-hmm. but we wanted. So we lived yeah. in 600 square feet in New York City in our 20s, young and dumb, yeah. and got paying married. at the wazoo. Paying and, at the wazoo, yeah. you know, but... It was what you needed to do at that yeah. time. We thought we were rich, right? And use air quotes mm-hmm. oh, I love rich. It. Yes, we weren't yes. wealthy. We were rich. We were yeah. like, ooh, I think we were both making like fifty thousand at the time. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. But like for a young couple, a hundred thousand no dollars and no kids yes. in New York City. Yes. Like we thought we had it. And then we got married and moved out to the suburbs and IBM transferred us overseas. Okay. So I lived two years in Japan and had my first daughter in Tokyo. Uh-huh. So cool. It was an amazing experience. Another topic for motherhood, yes, right? Yes. Being in a foreign country and delivering no a baby. Village, how,
0: what was your village? But yes, go. Yes, I, I, exactly. I to go, yes, uh,
1: yeah. Oh, and then I moved to China. So I, ha- so by the time I was, my daughter was a year old, she had been to like six countries. We traveled a ton oh and moved back to the States, pregnant with the second. So I popped out three kids in four years. I left IBM and my marriage. Mm. And so at that point was major life crisis. Yeah. And I turned to meditation.
0: Okay. Oh,
1: God, that saved me in that time period. Got to remember, I'm like 35, three kids under four. My marriage just ended after a decade. My career, you know, I was working for entrepreneurs at that point because I needed a balance working and, and raising a family. And in meditation, the practice that I had was three questions. Who are you? What do you want? And what's your purpose? and your dharma. And and everybody who I worked with and talked to said, it takes a little while to find out your purpose and just give it time and it will come to fruition. So my purpose was helping people take the higher road Mm -hmm. in life challenges. And because of all those things I just navigated through, I generally took the higher road in those and came out better off in all of those situations. And fast forward another decade, and I was out with some friends and somebody said financial therapy my head turned, the light bulb went off, like the Mm -hmm. aha of like, what do you mean financial therapy? And Kansas State has a graduate program that combines mental health and financial health together. So that was it. I knew right that moment that that was my dharma, that was my purpose in life, was to help people have those uncomfortable conversations, to go through those life transitions in a positive way because I was so comfortable talking about money. Like I said, I've been having those conversations since I was 12. And so I went and got the graduate certificate from Kansas State. Then I went and got certified through the Financial Therapy Association. I was one of the first 15 in the country to get certified. And now there's over 70 of us. And I just, I'm a
0: passionate expert in this area. And I know we're going to talk about tips, budget tips and all the things, but I want to have one more follow-up question of your journey. Tell me what a financial therapist does. Yeah. Like, tell me, like, what does that mean? How do you help someone? I, I can get the gist of it. Like you said, it's bringing the mental health aspect, the mindset aspect. I think it is all mindset when it comes to money, like you said. And no one, no two people have the same exact mindset of keeping it very different. But what does a financial therapist do? What do you do? How do you help people?
1: Yeah. So I help people in a ver- in variety of ways, depending what's happening at their life at the time. Mm. But let's take it from a higher level for a second. So mm-hmm. there's a wellness wheel. Okay. So a wellness wheel is composed of nutrition, exercise, your job, your environment, spirituality, and financials. Mm. So w- when everything is aligned perfectly, you're feeling really healthy. Sure. Think about when you eat a whole chocolate cake, right? <laughs> right. Sounds amazing. It is
0: amazing, but I know after you're not amazing. You yes. don't feel good. Yeah.
1: Right? And if you did that every day, your health would start falling. You know, your your anxiety, your stress, your body, whatever, right? However chocolate reacts for you. Sure. Over time, that wheel will start tilting. The same as with finances. So if we don't address our finances and our relationship with finances, when it's not healthy, mm. our whole wellness starts tipping. And in fact, employees, if you're working and if you're, if you're a mom, you're working too, but yeah. you just don't get paid. So here, sure. so so three hours a week, every employee is using stressing over money. Mm. And that average per year is $4,000. If you have 100 employees, it's impacting your bottom line by 400 hundred thousand dollars so it's impacting the workplace but it's also impacting your home and so that's where I got involved in this Mm -hmm. so how do people work with me so I go do corporate work so I'll go into companies to help them impact their bottom line with workshops webinars through exercises Mm. and then the individual and couple space is conversations I do the exercises as well but oftentimes it's, it's starting to understand one another it's looking at your past. We get our money beliefs three ways. Any guesses on
0: how you get your money belief? Childhood. Okay. I don't know. Maybe when you, like a major shift, a major like transition, like maybe a divorce, marriage or something. And then I don't know. I don't know what would be the third. I would think childhood would be like number one.
1: Yeah. So our background. Background. Right. How our parents talked about money, yeah. didn't talk about money. Like you sure. said, your dad didn't do investments, but your husband's parents invested. Yes. Right. So this is our background and you learn from your environment. Yeah. Some of it's positive. Most of it isn't.
0: Sure. Religion. Mm, that's a good one. Some yes.
1: messaging is money is greed. Things yes. don't buy you happiness. Yes. You give a certain percentage to charity.
0: Yes.
1: Men have the ultimate decision making. So often you find women aren't as confident yes. with their relationship with sure. money. And the third is experiences. Okay. Right? So Transitions
0: or whatever or something. Yeah.
1: You know, again, growing up, my dad, I think I was on seven or eight, tried to do an investment property. He's not handy. It was a, <laughs> I, all I heard him do was complain about it. Sure. The best day was when he sold it. And so when I became old enough to start, you know, looking at different investment options, real estate, I, 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 I
0: shied away from. Because that experience you saw. Yeah. Because of that experience. Now,
1: mm-hmm. as an adult, I know that that wasn't the best thing. Yeah. And until you start looking at your habits, right, the good and the bad, just like we'll go back to eating, when you start looking at your habits and you start tracking the good ones, you start progressing. And the same is with your financial relationship. When you start looking at your good habits, we're able to move them along faster, meet your goals, and strengthen your relationships around you.
0: Oof, there's so much to unpack there because immediately I wanna talk about relationships and, Actually I wanna I wanna ask what is maybe a misconception that people might have of what you do? Like, oh you're gonna make everyone's money problems go away. Like what's a misconception that people would have of like what you would do or what you would be able to do for them? Like you're not a magic, you're not a magician, you can't make it. So tell me tell me some of that that you don't do. I don't fix your problem. No. <laughs> only you can. Yeah.
1: Right. So the misconception, like anything, is I only take motivated clients. So if you're not ready to do the work, I might not be, I'm not not the right person for you. Because I will guide you on that journey. I will (laughs) coach you. I I use this analogy about running during COVID. I was like, yeah, I'm going to start running. And I I hate running. I mean, it's just not for (laughs) me. And, you know, I go out my block and my head's down. And, you know, it's hard. It's hot out. It's just and I see this gazelle just breeze by in her Lululemon with the <laughs> visor and the music. And I mean, she just yes. looked like out of a magazine. And I have this aha moment. I'm like, oh, this is what people think about, yes. about finances, Yes. right? The work's hard, yeah. but it gets easier. And at some point, I could be a gazelle. But you know what I realized? I wasn't good at running. Sure. So I switched it. I changed my goal. I did a 60-mile walk for breast cancer over three days instead. Yeah. I can walk 60 miles. For sure. Right? And then I did a 5K you know, this is years later, I ended up doing a 5k, not the fastest, but I was able to run it the entire time. So I'm not going to be a gazelle yet. Mm -hmm. I had to set obtainable goals to get there. And so that's what I mean by working with motivated people. You don't have to be ready to run the marathon to turn, to transfer your life, but you have to be able to make obtainable shifts in your life to see the progress
0: and to make the take the first step. I think a lot of times it's unfortunate, but I would imagine people come to you like when they're almost at rock bottom Because that's what happens in life. Like even with my health, like this year I I had gotten sick so many times and I finally looked and I was like, all right, I got to do what I have to do. And my husband's like, but I've been telling you and my husband eats so healthy. And I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't ready for it. I knew I had to be ready for it because I know all the things, but I'm just not there yet. Now I am because, and I reached out to a functional medicine doctor and she told me, she's like, do you have a support system? Are you ready to do the work? Because if you're not, like it's not gonna work. And I don't wanna waste your money, I don't wanna waste your time, I don't want you to waste mine. And I said, I am. I, was like, I think I've kinda hit the rock bottom of like, I need to do something. So it makes me think of that. And I, I, I would imagine with health and money, like those are the two things it's almost like when you're like kind of there you're like all right now help me let's jump into that of like some tips that parents can have or is it really just modeling the behavior but what does that behavior even look like is it shifting a conversation is it not saying money doesn't grow on trees like kind of like talk to me about for the moms listening how they can have or show or model to have more healthier relationships so our little ones can grow up with healthier mindsets in relation to money
1: yeah so that's such a great question and it goes back to background, mm. right? So you, your parents did what they knew. Yes. They weren't taught at school. They probably weren't reading a ton of books on this. They just did what they knew. You're doing the same thing generally. Sure. And what habits do you want to pass down and which do you don't want to pass down? So I would actually focus on the ones you don't want to pass mm. down first. You know, I don't want to pass down being in credit card debt. Okay, cool. That's something we can work on as a family. So how do you work on that as a family? And it depends on the age of the kids. And I'll give you a great example for some of the younger children mm-hmm. is, you know, at school, the thermometers they have for like yes. charity and things like that. Yes. Okay, cool. So you could do it a couple different ways. You could do it one for spending. Mm-hmm. Hey kids, we have you know a hundred dollars to spend to eat out this month, and that could be at
0: oh I love that
1: uh, you know Chipotle. My kids are obsessed with Chipotle, right? Chipotle or Alfa ice cream or whatever. And every time we spend money, somebody grabs a crayon and we color it in. And when the hundred dollars up is up, right? So now they have a visual and they're participating in it. You can also do it as a saving mechanism. So now you're teaching your kids to save. Sure. So we go to Target, we put that toy back. Okay, we saved the $5, that $5 put the auto transfer in while you're standing there in line at the checkout, Mm -hmm. move that $5 over into the visit grandma fund. Mm -hmm. And so now all of a sudden, and then when the kid gets home, you can color that in. Sure. So now, or it's a house, you know, whatever it is.
0: That you're saving for a vacation, an experience, whatever that looks like.
1: Exactly. So when the kids are younger, that's a way of visually seeing and connecting to what they're buying has a value and a purpose.
0: Sure.
1: As the kids get older, I remember going to the grocery store and like, My little one. I have three now teenage girls. That's another financial conversation. (laughs) Oh, yes. Sephora. She was was younger. She she was younger. And she looks at my credit card like, how much you got on that thing? Like, she just thought everything was free because
0: kids just see us tapping nowadays. I know. And again, just order off of Amazon. It's It's a different. Oh, God. I'm sure we could have a whole thing of like the different shifts of generation because now things are in a more on demand. And, oh, my God, that's probably a whole nother.
1: Oh, God, yeah. The the kids were like, well, just order Starbucks online and, like, it delivers. And I'm like, I'm not paying the extra $10. I I had my daughter actually buy wings one night. I'm like, I'm not buying wings. We don't eat out during the week. And she's like, well, I'll pay for it. Well, okay, go get your money. And so she brought it over, and she didn't like the dinner. And she's like, can I get my money back? And I I said, no. No, no. No. And these are the lessons that you sure. teach kids along the way. I'm like, why do not we wait for Monday wing night when they're 25 cents or, you know, like we'll sure. go for a special occasion after that you get an A on the test. Because right.
0: And I, I'm sure this is the mindset shift of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because the convenience is there. What does it really look like? Like, yeah, if we're starving and. Like, tonight, the producer here, you know, like, look, we got to do a run, so we have to go out and order. Okay, fine. Right. But not just because you can order it, should you? But go back, because you were going to say having teenage daughters, and as they get older, ways that you can shift the mindset for them.
1: Right. And so I was saying the credit card, right? The tap of the credit card is so hard, because you don't know how much is on there. You know, back to my dad, growing up, we'd go to the grocery store, he'd take the cash out. We would touch the cash. He would tell me, you know, count how many quarters are here. Yeah. Who has change anymore? Right? I feel bad, because I'm like, my kids... There's no piggy banks, there's no quarters, yeah. you know? So as the kids get older, it's having those conversations. Sure. And one might be, it was funny, my daughter, who's a sophomore, was having a conversation at lunch with her friends so, about, well, like an APR is, you know? Oh. Like, <laughs>
0: yes. you know?
1: Start educating them on, on mm-hmm. just because you have a credit card doesn't mean you have
0: to use it. Do you think also, what what is your thought process in the same mindset of talking to our children? I hear some parents, like, they bring their ch- children in and not, of course, to say, like, we're in debt or to have them stress about money. Maybe not that aspect of it. But when is it safe to bring them in to say, hey, listen, you know, this is what we're doing. Let's have a meeting for a budget meeting or something like that to really have... Or if there is a difficulty of money, maybe what is a way to say we can't afford that? Because sometimes I, I even catch myself, and I know better. I've talked, to, I've talked to quite a few number of people, so different aspects, and we've talked different mindsets shifts that have come up with money but no one in in your field or expertise but I do know better of how like words matter Mm. and I'll catch myself saying like well we can't afford that or this and I'm like oh but is that really the right way to say it because technically we can so like in a minute I'm like having like all these thoughts so my next question to you is for those that have some of the little ones and of course as it gets older it's easier to explain how do you explain like well we can't afford it you know or this like how what is a way to like properly explain like we're not getting that right now because of xyz so a good way of doing that is say and and you
1: and you and your partner have this conversation ahead of time and you bring the kids in and say you know our family values are Mm. these and these are the three most important things for us is a roof over our head (laughs) right so that's that's going to be the bill we pay first sure and then it's going to be groceries for food in our tummy And then it's going to be for
0: clothes, necessities, school, water
1: bill, whatever, whatever you want. And then we have this amount. And you could give them a number. And again, you know, transparency depending on the age is is important. Sometimes kids don't understand what ninety nine cents is or or nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So understand your age. But when you prioritize it, be like, should we buy this at Target or should we put it towards, you know, a roof over our head? You know, and all of a sudden our value is this versus that
0: love it so you're focusing on the positive of what it's contributing to is there such thing as having a poor mentality absolutely can you talk a little bit about that i there are some single moms in my groups yes hello single single mom Uh yes so for those single moms out there and i always say i bow down to single moms Girl, you are you are in you are in you're my top three that i bow down to it's single moms moms of multiples and moms with like older kids because i just have the one i'm married and i'm like what the Right? Yeah. I just have the one and he's five. Uh And I'm like, hold on, what? Yes. So bow down. But for the single moms listening or the families struggling, like, if you're in it, how do we maybe release some of that poor mentality? And I'm sure we can get technical of like saving and creating a budget and certain things, but talk to talk to the single moms maybe of like some of that and switching some of that mentality to really help that even if you are in a season of struggle. To kind of get out of that, if you understand what I'm trying to, Absolutely. to say. Yeah. I'm gonna give you three tips on that.
1: Okay. Okay. The first one is get an accountability partner. Mm, love so it. just like you go get a workout buddy, just like you have somebody who keeps you accountable, calls you on your BS because yeah. we're good at doing that. Um, get somebody that's gonna be like, Hey, I'm I'm saving for this, or you know, I'm working myself out of debt. I I need you to keep me accountable. Let them know how. Sure. Put it on your calendar. As busy moms, like Mm -hmm. I schedule once a month for thirty minutes on my calendar on a Friday from nine to nine thirty to check in on my finances. Mm. And it's on my calendar. The time is blocked. I also know that my accountability partner is also blocked at that time. Mm -hmm. So after we do our tasks, we talk to each other and we check in. So there's probably somebody else in your village right now that can look for an accountability partner. So and if it's not the right person the first time. Look for somebody else. And I had a client who kept going to her brother-in-law who was an investment trader, but he never made time for her. He yeah. wasn't the right person. She sure. thought he was knowledgeable on it, but you need somebody who's going to make the time for you. So get an accountability partner because you don't do it alone. You don't do any of the other aspects alone. You don't do your relationship alone. Sure. You call your best friend. You don't do you know, eating alone. You sit and but eat with somebody. But
0: again, but we don't somebody. talk about money. Yes. yes. So
1: get that accountability partner. That's number one, especially when you're doing it alone. It's really hard, like, do I take the vacation? What hotel do we stay yeah. at? How much money do we spend? Grab that person and be like, hey, brainstorm with me, because that's yeah. important. Sure. That's number one. The second is the mindset, is I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Oof,
0: I'm never gonna get out of debt. Yes, and that's the poor mentality aspect, I'm yes. sure, right? That we, if we're in it, it's, it's like almost not tangible to get out of, like we So have it's that. a
1: fixed mindset, yeah. so you need to change that to a growth mindset. Mm is instead of I can't do this, is I'm overwhelmed right now, but I'm going to do X, Y, Z, Mm. right? Also, like, I'll always be in credit card debt. A growth mindset, I have $15,000 of credit card debt that I'm actively working to pay off. Well, that feels a lot better. You sit a little taller, right? So anytime you see the words all, ever, never, can't, those are all triggers of negative and fixed statements. Sure. So look for those. And the last one is, it's a season, honey. Mm. It's a right now. Right now, finances are really tough. Yeah. Right now, I'm in a job transition. Right now, just just know that it's a season and it's a right now. So those are my three
0: tips. I love that and can be applied to anyone. Absolutely. But, you know, I know I know, not having a partner, like, it's tough. I can only imagine to have that all on your shoulders, which I'm sure could be a whole nother podcast yes, of ma'am. finding your village through that. Okay, we have the holidays coming up. so I'm <laughs> Do it, I Dude, the stress is
1: building. I see it. I see well, it in you. <laughs>
0: yes, because I'm like, whew, I haven't even started shopping. And yes. it was so funny. I watched the Lifetime or Hallmark movie the other night, and it was something about gift giving and she was like a personal shopper but she said something that was pretty cool that was like you know like you should give thoughtful gifts and Mm -hmm. i'm like god i wish i really was better at it but i'm always last minute i don't budget and all the things so as moms are heading in let's talk high level what are some tips of getting over the overwhelm for the busy holiday season not making those rush purchases that maybe you could have bought six months ago and said like Is it a list? Talk to me about tips um, for setting like maybe a holiday shopping budget or shopping for the holidays that can help lessen the overwhelm for busy moms and parents and dads. Because I'm sure there's dads that listen to the podcast as well. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. Right. Yeah. And every year it's a lot. And why does this always seem like a pop quiz? Girl, it's right? like as if we don't know this, it's like almost hurricane season. I tell my husband, we know hurricane season comes. Like, why don't we prepare? Like, why don't we prepare? We so don't. that's tip number one. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is start now. Like literally pause on the, on the <laughs> podcast and let's work through these.
1: I have nine tips. Okay. Let's work through them together. One is start now. Sure. So take a deep breath and we're going to start right now preparing for the holidays. The first step after that is look at your calendar. Mm. So we're in November when we're recording sure. this.
0: And it'll post in November. We'll have it. Yeah.
1: Okay. So it is November. Between now and January 10th, I want you to write down all the events you have coming up. That could be all your holiday parties, your teacher gifts, your work, you know, la di the White n- elephant, all the things. The neighborhood thing. I want you to write down all the events coming up. Then I want you to make a yes or a no list. Are mm. you attending? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say no. Right, so you have to pick what you're attending. Sure. So say mm-hmm. yes and no to that. Then, I want you to brainstorm who's going to be there. So in that same list, you know, you can give yourself little spaces or move it around a little bit. Right? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be at that event, and do you exchange gifts? Mm-hmm. So again, Brenda. yes, Yes. Sanji, no, No. you know, like specifics. Yeah, exactly. Right. And put yeses and no's. And again, for the for the mother village, you got your teachers, you have your nannies, you have all the things, All put everybody on that list and put a name and under it. Yes or no. Okay. Okay. Then I want you to evaluate your gift giving. So what have you done before?
0: I've always, I'm a list girl. I am. I'm an Excel girl. So I would literally just put a list of names. I love the event aspect, but I put a list of names of whoever and put a dollar amount next to what Mm. I'm going to spend. Okay. That's kind of what I would do. And then like maybe what I thought of giving them.
1: Okay, good. So we're kind of, we're we're both eye to eye on this, but here's the interesting thing. I want you to pause right now to our listeners and think last year's spending, Oh God. not what your budget was. So Mm. last year, let's say you spent... The average American, I think, spends like $2,000 on, on holiday
0: gifts. On all holiday stuff, yeah. Right.
1: So last year, how much did you realistically spend?
0: Probably 1000 We kept it simple. I would say maybe about 1000 for everyone. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then how did it feel in end of January when the credit card bills rolled in?
0: God. Because actually, no, it probably was more than that because to your point, it's the... It's the event showing up for, it's the this, it's the prep. So maybe closer to 2000, well, you got your meals in there. You know, have all flying the to yeah, fam- yeah. visit family. Um, you have, oh yeah, probably closer to 3000, you know, it feels like shit. You're like, oh, and for me and talking as a mom to the moms listening, like as my son has gotten older, it's become more overwhelming. Like yeah. my, like having, which is why I'm like, I don't know how you did it with the three because with the one, I'm like, I am overwhelmed. I know what I should do. I'm a list girl. I'm, I have an accounting background. I get overwhelmed. So come the end of January, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm more like anxious of like, oh, why did I do that? I'm gonna learn this year. But then it goes to the same pattern.
1: Exactly. Oh, you're <laughs> supposed to be saving every all month. 100%. For, for this. Oh, yes, yeah, right. supposed To save for so, all this. And- so, which is gonna. So I'm gonna come back to this, but we'll also sure. to move to the next. Sure. Tip, is how did that money feel? If it didn't feel good, let's make a note this year of mm-hmm. how much to spend. So okay. if your budget was a thousand, you spent three. <laughs> yes. Realistically, this year might sure. be two. Yeah. Or do you pull back and really do 1,000? Yeah. But you have to set the attention. Sure. And then, how do you start shifting that money over? Because we all spend every month on yeah. various things. Sure. So if we're starting in November, December, January, what are you gonna shift to pay for those gifts? So we're talking kids. Your teachers are important, mm-hmm. the nanny's important, the babysitter, whoever it is, sure. you have to buy a gift for. What are you gonna shift? for a month or two to fund the holiday budget. Mm. So we're not gonna just pull money out of thin air. Mm -hmm. So something has to give the next three months to pay for that. Oh, you're asking me? Yeah, Sure. yeah, No, yeah, let, no. Let and I guess, you. yeah, because
0: in my mind, it's like, yeah. Then you say, OK, maybe you don't eat out as much. I know we did that as an example because we're trying to regulate my son, help him understand that. No, we can't just order on Amazon and your gifts come, buddy. Like it's it's a set thing. So his birthday's tomorrow. We have Christmas right after. So one of the things we did and it aligns with this is you have a birthday coming up. We're going to take you to Legoland. That costs money. Yeah. Remember last year you wanted to buy, like, the biggest Lego? We'll do that again, but that means we can't be going to, he loves Fat Boy Sushi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Uh-huh, bougie, bougie boy, yeah. Bougie boy. And I said, that that, that means that basically we're not going to be eating out as yeah. much. And he was like, okay. I said, because we're going to put to this. So that's an example. Taking from this, maybe you're not eating out as much, maybe you're pulling back from your Starbucks order, maybe you're not getting certain things so that it allows you to pay for the gifts or whatever you feel is deemed important for the next, you know, to, to – Holiday shop. Exactly. So
1: start now intentionally moving that money. And again, physically move it. Mm. You know, go into your bank account, create a separate account, grab it out in cash, stuff it in an envelope, start redirecting the money. And you hit on an awesome topic, which is the next tip is maybe replace an object that might sit on the shelf and get dusty with an experience. So, you know, our family is really big into experiences over gifts, and so oftentimes, yeah. my cousin's birthday was a couple of weeks ago, we didn't get a gift, the two of us went paddle boarding together, yeah. and so as you're looking through that list, remember now we have a list of all your events and who's showing up, I want you to start thinking what would be important to them, back to that mindful giving. Sure. It might be, for your grandmother, she doesn't need another shirt, but man, would she love to have a tea party with you at your house. Yeah. For right. Sure. For me, I hate organizing. I always tell my friends that love to clean out closets. Give me a gift voucher for two hours of your time.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Like for me, that's gold. But that's the thoughtfulness where I think it comes from like really understanding of what you're getting as opposed to waiting last minute and your impulse shopping. Yes. And you're sitting at TJ Maxx and you're, gra- and you're not happy. anywhere. Right. No, no, and, it you're candle, yes. and you're grabbing a candle and you're grabbing, you know, know. The, the bath
1: set and they don't even take a bath. <laughs> you know, I mean? They have six robes, yes, you know, so know, if I you know. start now and just brainstorm, but each somebody might like a warm chocolate chip cookie. I was thinking about that. Right. Yeah. So maybe it's going to crumble or getting a gift card to crumble or so baking cookies together or something. Yeah. Right. Putting the
0: basket together. That's going to mean more than the candle. So. And I want to ask you this, and I want for moms listening, I would imagine it doesn't have to be this like grandeur like taking an hour, for two hours of time. Like you can take 15 minutes, break it down, right? Because I know the overwhelm of moms maybe getting anxious, like I can't sit for 15, you want me to sit for an hour to put this this together? Yeah. Like they could write it down, like really. While, like, while you're sitting watching gymnastics, get you out go. your phone, make yes. a little
1: notes, like it does a tab yes. in notes, yes. and just start brainstorming. And that's really what this is, is like a brainstorm. Yeah. And one of the other, and the next tip is to maybe rethink gifts. Mm. So, you know, you, uh, let's say our families are cousins and we exchange gifts. I don't need another book or sweater from you, but you know what? Hey, how about we all go bowling one night? I love it. And that's our gift. Now start with like traditions. That's not your grandmother's favorite, you know, Easter dinner, Yes, but you could start shifting some of the holiday gifts into Bigger gifts that have more yeah. meaning. Maybe it's a bunch of board games for the family or yeah. going all go to the movies or something sure. like that instead of it. each person getting a $20 gift card to Starbucks. I know. I love it. And that comes with the last one. re reexamine some traditions where maybe a brunch costs a lot of money right now. Yeah. You know, and getting your kids a cute outfit. And sitting, having them sit for that long, and yeah. now you're embarrassed and you're stressed and you're fighting yes. in the carway there, <laughs> and like, oh, and you come home and you're like, that was a disaster, and we just spent $300. And, yes. hey guys, you know what? Our kids are really young right now. How yeah. about we all go to the park and get some donuts and bagels? Yeah. Right? So, just rethinking some things one, it's less expensive, two, it fits in better. We could sure. still do cute pictures, and maybe you hire a photographer as a group yes. gift to everybody, and you make it fun. And most importantly to our moms out there is gift yourself Ooh. because you're out shopping and you're seeing, See things. Yourself. Yes. You're seeing things that you yes. like and that you want. So yes. go ahead. Leave a budget for yourself because it's going to happen. A thousand percent. It's gonna, and it should happen. You deserve it. You've yeah. had a hell of a year. Like, yeah. so just make sure as you're writing your list, include yourself in that.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. How can people connect with you?
1: Yeah. So I'm on uh, Instagram at your financial therapist, also on LinkedIn. Okay. And my website is yourfinancialtherapist.com. Feel free to drop me an email, yes. Erica, E-R-I-K-A, at yourfinancialtherapist.com. And uh, I'd love to hear from you.
0: Love it. And before I always ask my guests to have like final thoughts, what is the top thing to leave with this? But before that, what do you do for your self-care? Now you said meditation, and you kind of really, it saved you. You still, I've. I know some people. I know for me, when I went through something traumatic, I got into gospel music. It like saved me. Yeah. Oh, now music when I listen is to so it, powerful. But now when I listen to it, it, doesn't necessarily have the same effect. I needed it at that moment. There uh-huh. was a few different albums I listened to. And it just saved me. Yeah, I listened to the albums, and it saved me. Now I don't necessarily have it because I'm in a different space. Mm -hmm. So, there anything? Do you still rely on meditation? What really helps you to release and reset and recharge to make sure you're that you're heeding to your own advice and doing all the the proper right things. Listen,
1: three kids under four getting yes. a divorce. I remember going on a first date to coffee at Starbucks, oh, and God. the guy was like, "What are your hobbies?" And I literally—I don't know if I wanted to cry or laugh because I'm like,
0: a hobby? Like, <laughs> you know? I have no freaking clue what I'm doing or who I am right now. Exactly. Yeah, You're yeah, lucky, yeah. like I have like a clean shirt on. Yeah.
1: And um, what I realize is my hobby is exploring. So I make sure I find time to explore. So tonight, this recharged me because I explored a conversation with you. I love it. Traveling, I love. But sometimes I can't hop on a plane. So it might be just exploring a new book, a new place, a new coffee shop. Yeah. So for me, that's what fuels my soul right now is I I love learning. And the way I do it is by connecting with people. And so
0: I go out and explore. And actually, you just made me think of something of a resource quickly. Mm -hmm. Are there any financial people that you follow? Are there people that you really like look for things or do you not recommend because if not it's fine but I'm curious like who do you look to for like like money like you know it's like that guru that you have is there because there's so many people who are like money and money and finance and safe here and do these different things it's interesting so there's
1: so many people out there that have personas mm. it's interesting for me my circle is much smaller one being uh, a financial therapist like sure. I mentioned there's 70 certified financial yeah, therapists yeah. but I just came from the conference and the academia so uh, like the professors at Kansas State, at Georgia, at Texas Tech. That are really like groundbreaking and to me are so inspirational I love because that this field didn't exist ten years ago. And most people when I say I'm a financial therapist look at me like, what well, you made that up. And so I'm your like, village
0: is your other financial therapist that you bounce from, these people who are who are, like you said, doing the study, the research to understand that this is
1: This is real and yeah. it's and it's not going anywhere. And we sure. need to build it. And so so for us it's a really big community. And once a week we get together virtually on oh, a awesome. coffee talk and like we'll talk about cases, we'll talk about our businesses, we'll talk about love. our live. So, for
0: me that okay. that's where I draw inspiration from. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So, now final thoughts to the podcast community.
1: Final thoughts are with your financial wellness is there's always room for improvement. So just because where you are today is not where you're going to finish. In fact, your financial relationship will be with you to the day you die Mm -hmm. and literally afterwards because of your inheritance, your kids. And that's a whole other podcast. So go ahead and start working on your relationship today because you want it to be
0: confident and strong. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Erica, for coming on, for sharing such great nuggets. It was awesome and refreshing. This filled my cup tonight. I learned so many nuggets. I can't wait for the community to hear. And, yeah, continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their Motherhood Village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.